All right, you bunch of yahoos, strap yourselves in for another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. In other words, shut up, sit up, and pay attention. And welcome back to another episode of Toxic Masculinity, where we are here to entertain, offend, defend anybody and anyone that we care to. I mean, so it's still here in the United States. Uh, you have the right. You have the right and freedom to either watch us or not. That's your decision here. Right now, I've got my cohort in crime, the one, the only, mustachioed Don the Predator Fry, and yours truly, Dan the V Severn. We have a special guest this evening, all the way from Russia. We'll find out exactly where, but we have Oleg Tiktarov. He's a, uh, a a fighter. He's He's got a, a submission grappling background, a judo background. He's got a mixed martial arts background. Uh, and in more recent time, a, a basically an actor in quite a few different films. So we're simply going to, we're actually honored and pleased that uh, he has joined us. It, it's actually very early in his part of the world where we're at. And we'll get to this as we commence in this Toxic Turby episode of Toxic Masculinity. I really need to lay off the caffeine this later. Yeah, night, don't boy, I? That's a mouthful. Jeez. Watch out. <laughs> gotta, gotta get some more. Gotta get juiced up I'll here. Be yeah. It's painful to watch what you guys are doing. <laughs> Cigar, weed, <laughs> what else? <laughs> oh, right, well, let's, let's, well, let's let's establish that right now. Okay, Ole, what part of Russia are, are we speak are are you in as we speak to you now? I'm home. Uh, first time in 55 years. I mean, for past two years, three years, I've been able to stay home more than I uh, stay outside of a country or a city. It's basically the first time in my life since I left my home. I mean, so really? Kinda... I mean, well, for, first off, I mean, do, do you mind where, where is home? What, what part of uh, what part of Russia are we talking about? Well, it's a central part. It's uh, one night on the train from Moscow. Uh, I used to call the Arzama 16. When I was at UEC, they call it Arzama 16. Now it's called Sarov, Russia. So they changed the name to the previous one, to old one. So it's a historical city. I wish I would show you, but it's uh, surrounded with, uh, with a fence. So Americans can go there. <laughs> Here, I mean. And uh, it's a beautiful place, you know, just, um, you know, created for scientists and uh, a special kind of scientists. That's the reason why we're surrounded with the fence. And you say so this, this has been like this? It's, it's been, been like, like this? Since, uh, since uh, 1947. It's, uh, it's a sister city of Los Alamos, if you ever heard of Los Alamos, Los Alamos was a place where the nuclear bomb was created, where all the nuclear scientists being kind of put together so they could think, 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 and create something incredible. So uh, this is a sister city, similar, like a Russian Los Alamos. Now, is this is this where you grew up? I mean, is this where your yes. parents lived and stuff like that? So this is where you yeah, grew yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's the reason why I want to be a nuclear scientist when I was young. It's, uh, when I was at school, so I never thought I would be uh, doing MMA or uh, uh, film business. I've been dreaming about 
be a nerd. You want to be a nerd, huh? Yeah, go ahead. You wanted to be a nerd, right? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be a nerd, exactly. That's what I wanted to be. <laughs> well, I, I mean, did you... I don't, uh, I don't think you were physically fit to be a nerd. <laughs> well, what, what well, about I mean try. was... Uh, well, for example, your parents, did your... Uh, did your parents, were your, your your mother, your father, were they involved in uh, nuclear science or in any my, of that type of industry? My grandfather worked with, uh, if you remember, academic Andrei Sakharov. It was, uh, he actually got the prize for peace. Like he was, uh, uh, yeah, he was awarded uh, for, for, uh, for certain world peace something, but like a uh, no, 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 Nobel Peace Prize or something like that? Something like that Nobel Peace Prize. But uh, I mean, originally, of course, he was a nuclear scientist and he created the most powerful bomb, actually, before, prior to the this uh, peace work. And um, well, <laughs> well, even one of our former, even one of our former presidents, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, he is one of his famous models was speak softly, but but wield a big stick so that, you know, don't don't take his kind gestures and stuff like that. There's always still uh, there. There's sort of a fierceness about people. So don't, don't mistake kindness for weakness. Yeah. Yeah. There you everyone. Yeah, that's what most people do. You know, if you're fucking nice and polite. Put up with their bullshit and they think you're weak and then eventually you gotta put the boots to them you know and then they sue you <laughs> it's the story of my life uh-huh <laughs> i love the place okay so all they got you 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 grew up in this historical place um do you have any any other brothers or sisters i have but they live in different places it's just okay. my family moved there too much around yeah. so right. the I mean, moment I, mean, I, get, uh, I got cats and actually my my older son is visiting me right now with his uh, wife how I got three he? boys and the older one uh, got married finally yeah <laughs> doesn't want to make me a granddad yet but you know uh, we'll see I'm, I'm working on it <laughs> i'm working on it you're working on it showing <laughs> <laughs> <Doing> pictures <laughs> Well, what uh, I mean, do you have do you have any older brothers or sisters, younger brothers? I have, I have, I have sisters, of course. Okay. I have sister. Yeah, she she lives with her mother. It's it's about four hours. Uh, you gotta drive. I know, I know. Uh, Dan is uh, familiar with the Russia. Like uh, I'm in uh, Nizhny Novgorod state, Gorky, and uh, my mother is in, in a place called Penza. Maybe, maybe you heard of. I don't know. Uh, your wrestling days when you were young usually would go where? Moscow, St. Petersburg, where well, else? To to Blissy, uh, to um, boy, I tell you what, your Novosibirsk, um, Novosibirsk, well, yes, yeah, Krasnoyarsk, I, I probably, yeah, yeah Siberia, Ural Mountains. Yeah, you're 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 going way back for me right now. So it's like going, I gotta, I gotta pull out the the dust off the old memory bank here a little bit uh, but no i just the, the one thing that i simply had a great deal of respect for the russian competitors because technique wise wow they just that you know phenomenal technique 
you, so that's where even even before going up, up against you and, and mixed martial arts stuff like that, I simply knew that wow, I've got a Russian from uh, you know you from uh, well I think they said you're from Gorky Park at that point in time and you're basically undefeated at that point. I think well I've, I've got a tall order out there because I just know the the mentality of the Russians. They just have uh, there's a great deal of pride. Uh, there's uh, they're athletes. They do a great deal of training. Their their technique is uh, superb. So. Yeah, and um, the country is big. Of course, uh, we are we have different uh, nationalities all over the place. Like in the United States, uh, everything mixed up together. You 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 can find some communities, but uh, normally it's all mixed up. Here, you go to South, you get Dagestan people or Chechnya people. They have different mentality, different wrestling style in the mountain training. You go in Siberia, it's a uh, like pure. Russian soul, you would say. Yeah, Ural Mountains a little bit different. Moscow, St. Petersburg, completely different. Belarusia, I mean, those people I, I could never understand. It's basically a small republic. And um, there are real Slavic people, in fact. I mean, if you want to look uh, at uh, what originally Slavic people look like, it's Belarus, Minsk. Uh, I've been there just a few, a couple of weeks ago, you know. I have no clue. I mean, they got a result in every single sport. Amazing. How they do that, I have no idea. Well, you got tough people in Russia. We got we got a bunch of pussies running around here, you know. Shit, it's embarrassing. You got it. you know, American Russia is very similar country. I mean, first thing, when people were asking me, like, how was America? I say, you know what? You guys be surprised. Two countries in the world, they identical. Yeah, Russia, I mean Soviet Union, and at the time, and United States, like the mentality, the people, the 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 habits, everything is it's just so similar. Like Europe is different, you know, Africa, Asia, of course, different. You know, those smaller countries are different. Mexico, South America, but Russia, and United States, it was just so easy for me to adapt myself. I mean, there. Like you said, they're hybrid, yeah, you know, and uh, everybody mixed with everybody else. They called it a melting pot, and it was a melting pot, and now everybody's trying to screw that up because they all want to complain and be different and be accepted for this and that, and, but you know, too late for that, people, too late, you know. Complaining is the yeah. It's a uh, Russian favorite habit, uh, yes. So complaining is a Russian <laughs> favorite habit. <laughs> <laughs> That's similar. very similar. Uh, no, it's been the J Japanese, you know, they say they suffer in silence, you know, so they just, they accept their suffering, you know, they don't complain about anything. Yeah, you accept the love of it. It's like a, it's like a religion for them, you know, you yeah. suffering. No yeah. life without suffering. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> my my uh, mid son, uh, just think about it. Uh, he's a half Russian, core Spanish, and another core is a black and a Cherokee Indian. He joined army, by the way. He's uh, in the training center right now. I haven't been talking to him for two or three months. So that's what you know. That's what um, <laughs> that's what happens when uh, when you come to the United States and uh, stay along for a while.
Yeah, you mix so it up. Blood. <laughs> yeah, I got two kids. One is a pure Russian because his mother is Russian, and one is like I said, you know. And I got the one sleeping up upstairs. So that's another Russian, but uh, <laughs> three sons. But you know, they are they look alike, except the young one, the smart one. He got a good education. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is lazy one up there. He's he's in the movie business, just like me. <laughs> well, you know, somebody's got to have the easy life while the others suffer. Yeah, but are you really showing them the ropes? Because I mean, you've you've you've, you've experienced so much in that film industry. I mean, you should. Uh, I mean, are you helping them along with this career? I'm trying not to. If I do help, I, I make it look like uh, it just happens. Okay. Like I will call. Producer or somebody else, hey, help this this guy. It's my son, but don't tell him. You know, just uh, just. I never tell him that uh, I've been involved in certain success they had. Right, right. You know, generally, what you do, you just send money. You know, like my my my, <laughs> my young son is the is the best one to 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 to, to get the money out uh, from my pocket. I mean, it's, Dad, everything is fine. But it will be so much better if you just send you know, a couple of grand because I need to pay for this, for this, for that. And then, but I'm gonna be making so much money. I got a great job, and I got a. I'm an I'm an, I'm the best student in college. <laughs> and, uh, he he loves he loves to hear. Uh, he he knows I love I love to hear. Um, I'm in the Jewish class, but I'm not Jewish. But I'm 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 the best in the class of the best grade of the best. <laughs> I said, my son, okay, how much money you need, so. <laughs> <laughs> he, know, he knows dad's weaknesses, it sounds like here. Huh, that's uh, pretty exactly. funny. No, makes, makes, makes you proud, yeah. Yeah, Dan, I mean, Dan, Dan, does, Dan doesn't suffer him from that weakness, you know. <laughs> no, 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 you got to make him stronger than that. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> make him grovel a little bit. Well, I mean, what is he, what is he pursuing in college? It's gonna be um, architecture, like uh, for 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 just business uh, for the for construction building. Well, like a construction uh, engineering, like a, like a construction yeah, engineer, yeah, something like that. I mean, okay, probably yeah, yeah. for uh, for industrial something, like not for private uh, construction for. Just the huge buildings, like for for example, uh, if uh, Boeing wants to get the new facility, that's what he was going to be the drawing in it. That's how I understand it. And uh, he said there are two companies in America that are the best at this one, but and uh, he got hired by one, and I got another offer for another one. So this uh, beginning of summer, I drove him to San Jose. So he got a apartment there. He got a, uh, you know, what is called this? When you when you get a job from the company that they want to hire you, but you just uh, on the first intern past like one year. Intern, no, yeah, 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 yeah. You worked for he got money. No, no, he got money. He, he was he was getting paid. Yeah, not much. You know, but I the whole apartment, and uh, I think he was making four grand 
a month or something like that. So it's nice. That's that, yeah, for that's a student. That's a good intern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how I was able to visit my place where I stay when I was uh, in America, when I drew, uh, where I was training uh, nearby Sacramento. So I visit those uh, small uh, places uh, like Lockford, Galt, Lodi, you know, we drove there. So I did a little seminar in Sacramento, just met people, uh, some Russian guy, uh, you know, wrote me. Uh, so it was nice, you know, got the great steak. Never knew Sacramento had a great restaurant. So <laughs> in 27 years, finally got the great dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're big meat eaters over in California. You know, they, they eat grass and nuts and shrubs and things like that, you know. Berries. <laughs> Berries, yeah. For me, California was... It was a it was a sunshine. It was a it was a it was an eye opener that America can be different. Because uh, I train, I got I got um, enslaved by Buddy Alban, who was a manager of mine for one year, and uh, I had to start from Texas. I love Texas. I love people there. I still friends uh, with all those guys, Guy Mesger, Alex Andrade, and everybody else. And then I think Ken Shamrock visited uh, guys the academy. And uh, we wrestled a little bit, and he offered me to help him with the training in a nearby uh, Sacramento. And it was beautiful. It was, a, it was a completely different, you know. It was no Mexican food. I mean, I, I like Mexican food now, but back then I couldn't stand it, you know. And, uh, <laughs> I got good training uh, partners who could wrestle with me a little bit, like Frank Shamrock was a good, uh, you know, good partner. I remember him, uh, he was keeping up for eight minutes. I say, hey, Frank, you're going to be a world champion. You're going to be undefeated. Because I would choke uh, and tap everybody like in 30 to 40 seconds. Those uh, future champs like Jerry Bollander, like uh, some, those bunch of guys. I mean, I just, you know, bring up the names. And um, and Frank was best of the best. And uh, when, when I took them to uh, work in the mountains, just to run up. It was like big group behind us, and Frank and I was like mile away up there. So it was, it was, it was at least good training and decent food. I got my room. It was not like in Texas. I I've been put in a place where nobody speak English. Um, it was African son, Mexican son, and I was in the worst uh, apartment in the building like nearby a um, uh, boiler, so you couldn't sleep. <laughs> and, uh, it was a dreadful neighborhood, probably the cheapest apartment in Texas. That's where I stayed for the first six months or so. But you said you were being managed by uh, Buddy Alban? Buddy Alban, yeah. His <clears throat> that's, that's what his management was all about. Just... <laughs> Oleg, you can train at uh, Guy Mesger's place, and uh, here's an apartment for you. So, <laughs> thank you so much. I got one bed from IKEA, uh, and I, I think I think that's it. I remember when I got um, I finally got to uh, meet uh, 
some Mexican girl, so I didn't have any sex for probably like four or five months prior to it. And then she came to my apartment, she looked at this and like, you know what, I think I gotta go home. So <laughs> it was it was that poor. <laughs> next. But next, uh, the UC6, I came on the Grand Cherokee. At that time, it was a brand new car, you know, of like new fashion. And I came to her bar and she suddenly became like two levels below. Like, well, what happened to you? I mean, you remember it's me? It's all like, no, like, yes, boss, yes, boss. <laughs> what the fuck happened to you? It was a very, very, very interesting uh, change to me. Like from down to absolute. <laughs> well, just for all of our viewers out there, I mean, let's establish, okay, we got Oleg that's over in, in Russia right now. Basically, um, you it, it's early morning. What time is it in the morning for you, Oleg? It's uh, six something. Six something. So See, I, I know you said you, you said you're an early bird. I mean that, that that likes to get up early in the morning. I don't know if this was a uh, extra early for you or is this normal for you? They're getting up at uh, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. I like to wake up five o'clock in the morning. I like to work in the yard, do some little exercises maybe, but generally just uh, like farmers kind of work. That's my favorite one. And, and then we have, we got Don, we got uh, Don Fry's out in Arizona here right now. Yeah. Down in the, the service. Don, what time is it out there where you're at? Oh, hell, what time is it? It is, looks like 8, 8.40, 8.35. And here in the Howell, Michigan here right now, it is uh, 11.30 p.m. So uh, a little past the beast bedtime here right now. That's why it's so dark and ominous back in behind me because uh, I've been uh, sequestered out to the front porch because everybody else who's civilized is inside the home and I'm out on the front porch, you know, <laughs> doing a podcast. So, you know, <laughs> nothing but the best <laughs> of accommodation. It's a very Michigan style of building. <laughs> Just on the left. Yeah, so it uh, th that's one of the wonderful things about having... Uh, uh, the, the technology of the internet, uh, these Zoom type of meetings, and to be able to still get things moving forward. So, like I guess um, early on in, in your life, I mean, uh, you said that you're you're more of a student and then weren't really into the athletics. I guess what what eventually drew you to athletics, and uh, because you said you're you're more of a brainiac, uh, you, you you've got uh, a scientist blood running through your veins from from uh, different types of uh, bloodlines. Uh, so, what uh, what what motivated you, or what uh, what drew you to athletics? Uh, in Russia, uh, at the school where I was going to, we had a like I say, students whose fathers were uh, doctors and academics, like the basically wealthy, rich, educated. And some people are really from poor families and um, those guys are got on my nerve at a certain moment. And um, I got the 
just learn how to defend myself because I was a yeah, a very kind, uh, kind boy. So I got a, my, my father just took me to the place uh, in Russia where you could do powerlifting, boxing, and a judo. And uh, he, of course, wanted me to do either powerlifting, either boxing, because that's what he was familiar with. But judo, like white gi, I mean, what, what the hell? Uh, but I choose, I've chosen uh, judo because, uh, I don't know, I just loved it. And, uh, and the coach, it was great. He was very, he just passed away, actually, uh, on uh, August uh, 2nd. But his presence, his smile, just everything. He was uh, fixing the tatami when I met him. And I just, uh, I talked to him and I knew instantly I gotta go there. So it was judo samba place. Uh, and then I think in uh, two years, I became what you call black belt. But uh, in Russia, we didn't have those black belts. You know? It was a master of sport or a, like, candidate of two master of sport that that kind of stuff yeah and um i remember uh, i had my first street fight uh, and uh, there was a uh, two gangsters like a local most famous most notorious guys two of them pam pam and they were on the floor like what the hell happened to me <laughs> to, to, to them actually <laughs> and to me too <laughs> you know everybody's watching it like well, what happened next they're getting up and I'm, I'm, I became a predator. I just punched them again and they didn't get up anymore. So, and that's how that rumors about those evil Oleg spread <laughs> around the city. And then those rumors travel with me a little further. And uh, after uh, army, uh, I um, dropped my uh, college after a third year. It just started a business and um, so my uh, actually uh, abilities were kind of put on hold maybe uh, my capability of uh, fighting and then I was uh, putting together to do some championships trophies just putting 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 money in it in it uh, and then I decided to compete myself because I had a fight again uh, with my older friend, boxer, and I lost it. I'm like, I was 23. Like, uh, how could I lose my shape? So I started training again, adapted my ground work and the wrestling work for the street fight. And uh, I remember first time I joined the Jiu-Jitsu Irigumi Go, means a full contact uh, trophy somewhere Navarasisk on the black scene, I won. Then I won four of them. That's it. And then I won the first no rules uh, fighting uh, championship in Riga, Latvia. That was a crazy one. There was a really no rules. Like the first fight I saw, there was one guy was out and uh, another guy picked uh, the head of the guy and uh, started slamming the floor. Uh, actually, it was in the circus. Uh, so there was a parapet like that around it so I was hitting the, the basically dead guy's head over this <laughs> wow <laughs> wooden and I you know I'm like shit I'm gonna compete in this crazy 
competition and, and I was I was so scared. So I was so scared I was backing up in my first fight. And the guy was just jumping on me with all punches and I and I uh, I don't know, I choked him out like in a few seconds and um and I was a big biggest upset for the local people because he was the one monster everybody thought he's gonna win. Then it was another two fights and then that's it. I got five five videos me winning in a, in a everything goes competitions. What I'm gonna do with it? Of course, I'm gonna go to Hollywood. So I'm taking this, uh, I got the visa since I was a businessman, right? So I got the visa going for a world soccer championship in LA. I missed <laughs> the championship, of course, Mundial. I came in, a, in, a, in on fall, but I had a visa. Uh, so I, I looked around, nobody wants to me to be a, a movie star. Oh, how come? What the fuck? You know, <laughs> I got to take a lo longer path. <laughs> I got to learn English. I got to, I got to get a green card. I got to, I got to, you know, I got to learn how to act. So it took a few years. I remember my, um, the first agent who I met. Um, he was agent of Michael Dudikoff. I thought he was like fucking big, big shot. He's a, I was so nervous when I was in his office. He said, you are the first person who doesn't speak English, doesn't have a, a legal paperwork to work in the United States and uh, who's standing in front of me and you don't, you know, and you don't even have an acting background. I mean, what the fuck are you doing here? Come back when you have one of those. So I'm calling him like six months after you see uh, number six, I think it was, hey, uh, I speak English, I got the paperwork, I got the green card and I'm, I'm joining the acting school. And it's like, you basically like, fuck off. I don't yeah. want to hear this. Right. So <laughs> next, next uh, when I was with the Peter Yank, you know, the guy, he was at the Gersh agency. Then he was, uh, we met somewhere at the, some premiere shit happens well i knew i knew i knew you're gonna i knew you're gonna get there that's what he said <laughs> that's it <laughs> he, he just didn't want to take up his time i want to use your time huh? he wanted actually probably just wanted a more finished and polished product uh, that made it a little bit easier for him but right. let's go back you said okay you went from doing some judo and some sambo and some of these competitions but you said you also went into the army. Well, how, how old were you when you went into the uh, the military? You have to be in the army for it. I mean, you have to serve army in the Russia in the Soviet Union. Right now, I think just for one year. In my time, it was two years. Two year service. Oh. It's uh, obligatory. And um, uh. I uh, supposed to be in a sport uh, military uh, unit. And I started nicely, everything was great. So for maybe two weeks, I've been wearing military uniform and then uh, they let me go back to training where I was training. So, but I, I wanna, I want to be a champion. I want to be, I want to, I set the biggest, highest goal for myself. So we had to sleep 
at the military facility and then uh, take a bus and then train where we used to train. And I thought the morning exercises is not, is not uh, hard enough for me. Those 20 minutes uh, with the other soldiers, it's nothing. So what I would do, I would, do, I would wake up five o'clock in the morning, run uh, in, a, in a deep snow to the bus station, take a bus 30 minutes and go to the place uh, where, I, where I normally would train and do like good two hours workout. And I was uh, found by one of the assholes who are kind of was, uh, supposed to be supervising us. Like, Oli, what are you doing here so early and you already sweat and you're tired? I mean, how come you guys already, you know? I said, yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, just, uh, it was a very intense training. I'm sorry, I just, you know, um, everything is fine. So he did his investigation and uh, that's what I was kicked off to the regular army after the, so I had to stay in the regular army for a year and a half, year and a half basically. I got this uh, sergeant, uh, sergeant uh, level of military Rank? level. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I got uh, also a job, military job, you know, those raiders. So I got to operate with them and um, mm. well, that let me go again. I think I won a competition. You know the Russian like dumbbells, like the Russian gire, yeah. Russian old fashioned. So I, I won the competition using those, and that, that let me go to go back again to train and try to you know get the is that, result. Is that when you trained the KGB? <laughs> well, I was. It was after army, I, it was not KGB, it was just a special units from every single, like for example, SWAT, mm. like uh, the police had their own unit, uh, KGB had another unit, some another one, uh, military guys had another unit, they all would come to special uh, training facility and uh, they hired me to, to train them, but it was a little bit later that when I was start fighting those competitions, uh, mm. everything goes yeah and uh, I got some friends of course in the <laughs> in the services and uh, they, they asked me if I, if I can I said sure of course why not so, yeah. so I had a big business probably three four years I've been doing this the mm -hmm. I didn't get paid for it. I'm not sure if I, I don't think I get, I got paid. I, I got a um, special ID so I could go anywhere. It was a like counter terror training organization, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was an officer in this organization. So it helped me. So if you're drunk driving a car and they stop you, uh, sorry guys, I'm on the mission. Pull out your card. <laughs> it worked. It worked once in the United States, only one time. Yeah. I was in, a, in a LA 
and I went through a red light and a police uh, stopped me. And I didn't speak English at that time, but uh, I was definitely not a shy guy. <laughs> I say, hey, uh, I'm an officer. I'm on a special mission. He's looking at me like, oh shit. <laughs> okay, mission is mission, but why do you not have a seatbelt? I said, sir, what if I have to shoot through the on uh, on the roof? And I and I went through the window on the roof, showing him how how I would shoot. Of course, I didn't have any gun. He looked all this bullshit for maybe five minutes. I mean, he heard uh, was listening to this bullshit for five minutes and like. Okay, okay, just go. <laughs> so uh, it's a true story. A red, a red light, and in the two, probably months and a half after I got to the United States, LA, they let me go. So your acting career was already off the start. Is that what you try to say? It started only when I done uh, finished with the UFC. I, I went to the Playhouse West, and in LA. Uh, I was 29, and all the uh, other guys were 18, 19, even 17. Uh, they were like skinny, handsome, <laughs> uh, talented. Yeah. No scars. No scars. No, yeah. Yeah, pretty. No scars, yeah. Uh, yeah. One time they want to kick me out of the school because uh, I was doing acting exercises. So I, I pinched the one guy. <laughs> uh, I grabbed his his neck and I just pinched him like to, to the to the door, and I was kind of quick, but I was very gentle. <laughs> and the guy got very upset. A, a he pinched his pants. Like, he really pinched his pants. <laughs> and um, the uh, the whole other students wrote a letter to a teacher. How long we can uh, study in danger to be killed by UFC champion. Oh, jeez. What the fuck, you guys pussies? I mean, what he did, I was a witness of this. He did what I was trying to teach you. He was right on the moment. He was very gentle. He was very professional. There was, it was a great, uh, great, great move. It was instinctual. It was, it came out of, as, as his character came out of him. So that's what I was, guys, uh, been teaching you. So he's a he's already a great actor, and you guys are pussies. I don't want to teach you anymore. So there, they, they apologized to him, and I got like thirty phone calls on my uh, on my home phone number messages. Yeah, they were apologizing, but <laughs> I was like, you know what? It's been four years at that time. You know, I don't want to study there anymore. I already got two jobs that I didn't tell anyone. My movies didn't come out yet. It was a movie, 15 Minutes, with Robert De Niro, and um, mm -hmm. another film was Rollerball with Jean Reno. And I was, um, I wasn't telling anyone that I, I, I already done those films. I, I told them, I, hey, I gotta go to Russia, and uh, you know, blah blah blah, because we are not allowed to act. Up to certain stage, uh, you're not allowed to do commercials or acting job until you got, uh, you know, certain skills, mm -hmm. according to the teachers. Uh, they can right. tell you, oh, now you're ready. 
So I, I got a, I got, I got two jobs already. Nobody told me I'm ready. Just got them. <laughs> <laughs> Who's rollerball with? It was um, Chris Klein. Uh, I think he lost all his, all his uh, star rising. It was uh, LL Cool J, uh, Rebecca remains famous, and the bad guy was uh, Jean Reno, and the French actor. Yeah. Do you remember the guy? I don't know. It was an interesting film. Um, it's a remake of a 1974 film uh, with a uh, uh, James, James Kahn. Yeah, yeah, James. Okay, that's what I was singing. I was then I was singing about the original one. I made a movie with James Con, like I don't know, fifteen years ago, and um, I insulted him, uh, not meaning to. You know, he was like, you know, hey Don, you know, you, you like watch you fight, blah blah. He says, here, here's my card. Take my number. You know, you call me, and I get you this. I was like, and I was like, and. No, James Conwell, he'll never answer the phone. You know, I'd be embarrassed. I mean, why would I disturb him? He's a great actor, you know? And I says, no, you call me. You take my number. You call me, you know? <laughs> and I'm insulting him. Like, oh, I just, like, oh my God, it's so embarrassed. But I never got to, never got to apologize to him, you know? And so uh, I take it you never got the phone call? No, never got a phone call. He never answered my phone call either, like I thought. No. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I just, great guy, great guy, but I, I just insulted him completely by doing that. You know, I didn't mean to. Did not mean to. See, now we, we hear some uh, story of the skeletons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, the stupid things you do by not being smart, you know, when you're young in the career, you know. Well, now, now he probably hears you from up there, and uh, he accepted the apology. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, it broke my heart when I found out he passed away because he's such a great actor. You know, jeez. But when we were on set, you know, he told some stories. You know, Heath Herring and I, we, we pestered him about stories about when he worked with John Wayne, you know, in, in El Dorado, I think it is. And um, and he would tell stories, and we were just like, wow, you know, like little kids in front of the fireplace. Yeah, I I did a film, um, uh, National Treasure, um, Nicolas Cage and, uh, you know, some other guys. Yeah. And we had a party, Christmas party at the Nicolas Cage house. 200 people, all stars. All stars, but they were like, uh, you know, like the husband of the, uh, what's your name? That uh, Bruce Willis is a wife. Uh, what's her name? Ex wife. Yeah. Demi Moore. <laughs> Demi Moore, yeah. He was a husband of Demi Moore, that young, 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 young. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, those like that's pretty much what kind of stars would behave like very right. cocky. <laughs> fucking nobody, you, you're a star because you're married to the tall lady. Fucking, <laughs> and uh, there was a great guy came, uh, he's pretty old, but 
you know, behave himself like he's, you know, like he's 50, you know, moved and he's smart, he's intelligent. And every joke, everything he says is, I mean, you, you just cracking up, you know, it's a, it's a sense of humor is beyond belief. And we, and we, and then we instantly met, you know, we liked each other. We walked around this party, everybody was chasing us because everybody, like whatever we say, people just laughing, you know? And then when he left, I found who the guy is. Have you seen my movie, uh, Bonnie and Clyde? No. Bonnie and Clyde? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the old one? Or the new one? Old one, yeah, that's uh, 60 or something. Yeah. Who was that? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of his name right now. Huh? Warren Beatty? <laughs> Warren Beatty, right? Exactly, Warren Beatty. Yeah. So, oh, like you just met, you know, you guys, you guys got the long, and it's uh, this is a legend, you know. Yeah, fucking. I mean, he was the only normal guy at this party, you know. You could right. have a interesting conversation, and uh, you could right. laugh, you know. He was a great guy. It's an older. Well, he don't give a shit anymore, you know. He already reached that peak. Yeah. You know, in Hollywood, and he didn't have to kiss ass anymore. You know, so he could be a natural guy. Where most people in Hollywood, they gotta, they gotta rub somebody's balls. You know, just, uh, just to get, get a, a drink. That was a very shocking to me because uh, every time you go on the party, you see stars. I mean, according to like the foreign people, like like uh, I am at that time you watch them on the, on the big screen and then you see him on a party and they act like uh, there are just uh, nobodies, you know, just uh, yeah, like the ass kissing and uh, begging for, for shit. I'm like, I mean, you're a star. How can, how can yeah. you be like this? It was very, very shocking to me at that time. <laughs> yeah, Hollywood's a really, really weird, real weird place it really is i remember uh we were uh, it was a party in uh, Be belair uh, it was right after september 11 so we we're just uh, gathering uh, money and you know, collecting money uh, those for for september 11 and uh i remember it was a bunch of younger uh, guys i didn't know anybody like Matt Damon, I didn't know anybody, those guys. I mean, I didn't, uh, there was a, uh, who else? There was like 40 of those. I, I only knew Samuel Jackson and everybody else was like Eddie Burns. That's probably, that's it. Everybody else uh, became stars after it, but it was like 40. And they're all listening. They're all asking me, uh, listening the stories about UFCs. That, that's all they care about. Yeah. Nobody's wants to talk about the film business. And when Michael Jackson came on the Lima, I think it was maybe eight, six uh, girls taking pictures with, with him, but nobody came to him uh, like just by, by himself. All the boys wants to be, uh, wants to listen to UFC stories. Yeah. So. Well, it was so controversial uh, at that time period. I mean, it was, uh, you know, people were trying to ban it. Uh, people were trying to, uh, do all kinds of things there. I mean, it was uh, 
it was almost like taboo. You had people like Senator John McCain that was trying to do away with it. Yeah. Certain states would not allow it. To, uh, you know, yeah. John McCain's a piece McCain. of shit by far. And uh, you know, I remember when I went to UFC nine. Um, when when I'm fighting UFC nine in Detroit, you know, they they call me up, uh, ask me if I would do an interview. For the French people, French magazine, I'll say, yeah, send them up. And they says, man, we're so glad you would talk to us. Nobody would talk to us, you know. And this is really, uh, well, what do what the people in France think think about the the fight? They think, oh, we think you old guys are monsters, <laughs> you know. <laughs> they they were scared to death. We were popular monsters. I, I gotta say, like in in Japan, especially. When you when you get chased by a few thousand people, I mean that, that you know that you're not a, like really a monster, I guess. Yeah. I remember when I uh, when I got my first car. Uh, I'm driving the car, and like seven out of t ten cars just honking you. That they, they recognize you through the window. Yeah. It was it was crazy that uh, I don't know how big the modern. Um, stars uh, I mean uh, what, what I can see that they are they, they, they are very quickly get uh, forgotten but uh, in our case I think we stay for I don't know good 10 15 even 20 years on the right, top right. it was yeah. it was not a, it was not a bad no we all had a good run we had a good run you know yeah in 2003 yeah. was the 10 uh, most uh, popular fighters we were on uh, some uh, casino, I think on the, on the East Coast, right? Yeah. 2003, we got awarded like the 10 most popular fighters or something. Right. Remember, you, you were teaching me how to, to, to drink vodka with the Vicodin. <laughs> <laughs> with the because what? Vicodin. Vicodin. Oh, Vicodin. Oh. <laughs> because you, yeah. did, uh, you, did, you did the wrestling at that time, and I guess you were in pain all the time. Yeah. You know, you're always on the road, and uh, that's how you uh, would uh, fight those. Uh, yeah, you get the Vicodin and the booze, and you, you, you become bulletproof, and you start doing stuff that you, you should be sitting out, you know, and recovering, recuperating from. You know, and uh, and, I, and I remember we we're dancing with the uh, black girls uh, in the club that night. I think you and I, and I think uh, all the uh, girls were black with the big ass. Yeah, and there was <laughs> white people there. <laughs> you and I <laughs> dancing <laughs> hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually in the, in the Michigan somewhere. Yeah, I think. Right. Oh, it was oh, Battle Creek, Battle yeah. Creek, Michigan, right? Is that the show that uh, Kent Likens, uh, Likens put Kent on? Likens. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's all together, I think. Oh, it's all right. Something. I mean, no, no. Again, now when you say that the, with the Kent Likens, <coughs> that was a uh, that was a three ring circus with a side freak show. That uh, that whole event. Yeah. 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 Like, like I do remember the the, the, the dance because uh, we couldn't stop. We dance all night, and I'm like, shit, it works well. It was a yeah, the Vicodin, vodka, and maybe a Red Bull. I'm not sure what it was popular <laughs> at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, vodka and Red Bull were really, really popular. Yeah, 
yeah. yeah. Just the funniest stuff. I think it was Frank Shemrick there. And the rest, like I said, just big girls with big ass. And us, that's it. All night long. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got better memory than I do, boy. There's, there's a lot of things I try to forget in my life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> how'd you how'd you get to be Nikolai and uh the Predators or Predator the movie? Just the casting. Uh, I remember I, I did uh, some horrible show in Russia and I came in uh, late August uh, just um, to get my kids to school. Yeah. And my friend called me, Oi Oleg, why don't you go? You know, uh, there's a casting for film predator there is russian part i said why don't you go there i mean, I already went there was like a bunch of russians there i said okay i'll go and um of course i i read the script and it was easy for me i did some improvisation and uh, i guess robert rodriguez loved it because i was a first person who been casted even before danny trejo uh, anybody else so I was number one. I didn't know anything about it. I was in Russia and I was ready for the horrible uh, fall, doing some horrible show, something I didn't like. And suddenly I got like, hey, Oleg, you got, you're flying to Hawaii on uh, uh, August 5th. I still <laughs> remember. you flying through, uh, you fly, flying to uh, Ganalulu through Seoul and then another stop in, and then you go to Big Island. And like my first question, why the hell I have to go through Honolulu? <laughs> San Francisco is much quicker. <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, the, 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 the tickets were purchased in Texas, I guess. Because, mm -hmm. you know, that's where studio was Robert Rodriguez located. And Texas people, they, they think uh, the, the world is, uh, is, uh, is like flat. And the center <laughs> of the world is Texas. So they didn't know anything about it. Cultural center of the universe, Texas, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I, I'm flying there first class. I was the only person in the first class in the area, Korea. And I'm trying to scratch my butt. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm searching for my butt. And like, do you need any help? I don't <laughs> know, thank you. I, uh, I got and it. Then the second time I want to scratch my butt, I, oh, well, not. Can, can we help you? And the two Korean ladies, like pretty, said, no, 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 I'm, I'm okay. Like, yeah, I just want to scratch my butt. We can help you. I said, no, fucking no. Thank you so much. <laughs> what, what airlines is that? That's quite a bit of service. <laughs> Air, Air Korea, first class. You've got to fly, fly first class to Air Korea. So I was uh, flying to Honolulu. One person in the, in the, in the first class. It was uh, <clears throat> quite amazing. Two guys won an Oscars from the, my uh, uh, fellow actors on, on, the, on the film. Walton, I think, uh, Maher Shalal Hashbaz Ali, I still remember his name, the black guy. And, uh, and I think Walton Goggins or something. Who else? Of course, Adrian Brodio, he was already having an Oscar. So we was like six of us, I think. That's it four years on uh, on the predators so uh, four four months uh, the shooting predators so it was a great experience and uh, the guy 
who uh, told me, Oleg, why don't you go for an audition? One year before, I was in Spielberg's office and um, there was a casting for film Indiana Jones and uh, I already passed the casting. And I'm reading the original script. Yeah, you are not allowed to read the script, you know, because this, the, uh, the screenwriters usually sue the company, sue the Spielberg. So they usually give another uh, script for you to read, to, to, to do the audition. And then the, in the office, you get the chance to read the original script. So I'm reading the script and I like, I don't like it, you know. But I'm saying, uh, <laughs> Steven, you know what? I, I don't think I want to I wanna do this part. I mean, I have a friend, uh, he could be perfect for it, but I, I'd rather do Saved, Saving Private Ryan 2 for no money. But, you know, this is something I, I don't think I, I'm, I'm, I'm good for. Because the fucking eating by the ends, being punched by a Harrison Ford. I'm like, shit, what the fuck is that? You know, like, it's, <laughs> it's not what I've been dreaming about. And um, this guy got the part. And the only thing I was jealous of that he, they shot the film in Hawaii. Here, one month later, I'm playing a hero in a similar, I mean, big film. And again, they shoot in Hawaii and they stay in the same hotel, same amount of time. Of course, money was much less, but it's okay. But well, there's at least I'm proud of my role. It's the first time Russian was was a hero in American film <laughs> Black, box office. Black what was the What was the name of the movie? The The Predators. You, oh, that's one oh, you asked me. Yeah, I thought you said Saving Private Ryan too. You got me. No, yeah. I would. I, I thought, I'm sorry. I would play in the Saving Saving uh, Private Ryan. To the second one, if you do one for free instead of uh, uh -huh. doing the uh, uh, Indiana Jones, uh, the last Indiana Jones, uh, right. so I didn't like the role, <laughs> so it was very stupid of me. But you know, we do stupid things sometimes, yeah, we do, even yeah. saying no to Spielberg, yeah. What would you have done yeah. if uh, what would you have done if uh, Will Smith slapped you in the face? During the film and the bad boys too. I would probably uh, do the bobbing weaving and uh, and the punch him in the liver. <laughs> <laughs> I did the film with him, uh, Bad Boys Two. Yeah, but I liked the uh, Martin Lawrence personality much more because uh, he was more like. It was more natural. Yeah. Um, uh, Will Smith was just like in the film, like 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 he's acting he, he, when you when you meet him in uh, everyday life. So it feels like he's just baloney. And, uh, Martin Lawrence was great. I mean, I liked the guy, and I liked all the other guys who were in the film. I call them Cuban crime. Yeah. They would always drink at the same place, and I say, hey, guys. Put me some rum. What are you guys drinking? They always drink rum, smoke cigar, drink rum. They're like most of, most of those guys who are really Cubans in the film. But but boys too, if you remember the film, it was a two, it came out two thousand two. Was money good? 
Money was okay because I had a smaller part, but the residuals were great. Yeah, yeah. I still get money for some films. Yeah, I haven't got residuals. I haven't got residuals for years, you know. But it used to be nice to go to your mailbox and have a check there for you from you know three years ago or something like that. Yeah, they, because there was a strike. Some actors, the, the union, want to get the money for internet or something. So eventually, the producers start making films without union actors. So they went again for talk. Uh, the lower the percent for the actors. Yeah, right. From the previous films, and before you could get, you know, some people would get two hundred thousand checks. Like my biggest checks was a uh, my biggest checks were like twenty nine thousand for rollerball and uh, I think thirty one for uh, fifteen minutes, and maybe something else. I'm not sure, but. Uh, you know, all together was uh, still great, and I, in uh, within a year, you could get a couple hundred, even more, you know, those checks. And now, not even 20,000 20, after the uh, strike, they, they changed all this around the uh, about residuals. Yeah. So now, you know, I, I, yeah. I was a member. I was a member of. Uh, what's that? Yeah, once you get too greedy, you get nothing, you know. The... Yeah. I was a member of SAG for like 10 or 12 years, you know, and then I had that uh, stroke in 2016. And so I didn't work for a couple of years and they boom, they dropped me like a bad habit, you know, after, you know, paying, paying, loyally paying dues for 12 years, you know. Boom, you don't qualify, you're gone. But at least you had the Screen Actors Guild Insurance, probably medical. So I did, I did up until I didn't qualify. You see, that's what I'm saying. I didn't qualify because of the stroke, you know, and then they got rid of me. You know, but ah, that's good. Yeah, but they, they they paid for it up to that point, you know, so I can't, you know, nice. bet, you know. At least they paid for the surgery and all that on the stroke. So. And you can't have everything. Can't have everything. No place to put it, right? Yeah. But now you 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 are able to ride your horses, right? That's what I hear all the time. Like, oh, now I can ride my horse again. And thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. You're still riding horses, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I love my horse. You like you are. I sold my horse because I it's, it's too expensive to, to keep the horse here. So it's 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 stupid what's going on in the world with, with the the prices of everything. The inflation has gone crazy. It's just the, the the political the political rich are just trying to starve everybody else out, you know. And uh and I'll tell you what it's uh that's that's why they're afraid that's why they want to get rid of the second amendment because you, you know they you got guns uh you can defend yourself you can you can change the, the bullshit going on at the top and and most of the people at the top are cowards you know and they they have the people in the middle and the lower end do the job for them you know and uh not, 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 not just the cowards usually they either gay or 
child molesters and stuff. Because yeah, fucking that, pedophiles. That's what yeah. story tells us. Once somebody passed away, then you hear, oh fuck, this this politician was a was a gay. Oh shit, this politician was a child molester. So you're like fuck. Right. <laughs> nice to hear. Yeah. So those yeah. guys were making war for you. I'm like, okay, I understand. Thanks so much. And then, yeah, fucking pedophiles are garbage. Pedophiles, pedophiles need to be killed because there's no cure for that bullshit. So they need to be taken out and whacked, you know, shot in in, uh, in town square in front of everybody because there's no cure for that shit. They repeat, you know, completely. My life is much more simple. Like nine o'clock, I'm going to play soccer. It's only 7.15 right now, 9 a.m. I'm going to play soccer for two hours. It's, uh, it's only uh, my, uh, it's like my cigar, like my, my, my drink. Yeah. So that's what I, uh, I enjoy it in my city. I got the team and I got team in Moscow. I got team in, even in Belarus. I got team in, in L.A. Sunday, Saturday, for past 20 years, I, maybe less, I play soccer. So, Russian football. <laughs> so, yeah, and after so- we go to beer, and it uh, feels like, okay, it's a wonderful day. That's, uh, that's, my, that's my hobby. That's what I've been doing for, for pretty long. I'm like, hey. Now I'm not, uh, I don't have a fear to uh, twist my ligaments to hurt my knees. Now I can try to learn how to play soccer. And I start doing it almost professionally. Like I would train three times a day. I would take uh, special lessons and stuff. Now I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I, I, can, I can actually join any team. I, I see the field, I can, I can do passes and uh, not so much dribbling, but you know, I scored like last time I scored a bunch of goals. So, and the best thing when there is a fighting on the field, yeah. it never happens to me. <laughs> they all walk away from you, huh? <laughs> Nobody wants to, you know, fuck around with me. That's that's a beauty. Nobody wants to hit me from behind. <laughs> I, uh, is it league for just for fun or was it league or just for fun? Just fun, yeah. I, well, I played semi-pro like 15 years ago, but I was pretty scary. What position did you play? Uh, half deep uh, on the right side. Yeah. I don't get tired when I run. Uh, used to be. <laughs> now, now, now I can't run. Really. Now I walk. <laughs> That's why, uh, that's why I score now. I'm a scorer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More scorer. More. Sneak, up be, sneak up behind somebody, choke them out, and, uh, and take the I ball. Did that, I, I, huh? I choked a couple, couple guys, and uh, you know my teammates still remember it. That's another reason why I don't want no, nobody really <laughs> fucking with me. You know, I can well, punch them because you get super shit. You just, you know, you hug him. Yeah. Like you're looking in the eyes and you stop choking them. And like he feels like what might gonna happen if Oleg doesn't stop, 
you see the fear in the eyes <laughs> and you let him go and you never get the problem with that. You don't so you don't play well with others then. Eh? My wife. Uh oh. Yeah. I got I'm gonna get the brainstorm today. I waking her up. It's okay. You're in trouble. How long have you been married, Daryl? Like well, I've been always living with someone. Unfortunately, I can't live by myself. Yeah. Don't want to go much to the story because uh, they're all different. Like every my every my son has a different uh, mother. I, I say uh, every your son, if it's male, gotta have an own mother because you know sons they can't share mothers. They can share fathers, that's okay. Like they'll love me, but father's father. But mother is gotta be, you, you gotta have your own mother. That's what I say. <laughs> you get all love from one woman. Because I got so much love, I can I can spread this my love and uh, you have enough, you know, three of you. <laughs> well, apparently mother. my ex, my ex-wife had the same theory. She spread it around with a lot of others, so. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of people Jeez. well what kind of what kind of projects do you have coming up there well, I mean, what's uh, what's next on your horizon is there some movies that are coming up uh, on your horizon now or you got some travel or what's uh... I, hope, I hope I hope I uh, uh, I do uh, then the thieves uh, second one in November I hope it's been scheduled to shoot in November Actually, it's been scheduled to shoot this uh, summer, but because of the crisis, they're supposed to shoot in uh, Belgrade. So they had to move. And uh, I do some movies here in Russia, but you know, for screen actors guild for it, for insurance, you have to do at least one film in the United States. And uh, it's like obligatory. I have to always think about what I'm going to do. <laughs> During the during the COVID, I was uh, lucky. I got uh, some work. It was a man of man from Toronto, for example. You stay for two weeks at a quarantine in an apartment. You get paid for it. It was nice. So it was a it was I think the only film I did that year. Oh. I was like, oh shit, I'm not gonna have insurance. <laughs> well, let's, have let's, money let's, let's go back to the fight game real fast. What was it like yeah. fighting fighting the beast Dan Severn? Because um, you know, I was in his corner, but I as I as I recall, he was he cheated, you know, and uh, you should have won the fight. Um, but uh Dan Dan uh he uh laced his gloves with with uh you know the same thing that um uh Oh, geez. The, those other boxers would lace their gloves with to make you tired, you know, and they smother you out, you know. Um, and so... Chlor chloroform? Yeah, chloroform. See? You know. Oh, look at that. He knew the name right away. Jeez. Right there. The first ultimate, ultimate. 
I got more tired uh, being checked up by two doctors. After a fight with Mark Rewers, I had 12 minutes to uh, get myself ready. And I got two doctors checking my health, like uh, get up, <laughs> jump, do this, do that. I'm like, guys, you know what? I'm, I'm already tired from you more than from yeah. previous fight. And, uh, anyways, um, uh, that was a great lesson for me. And uh, I always uh, tell people at the seminars, then uh, knows uh, I got his leg uh, doing the knee bar. Yes. And uh, if I didn't start change the grip, if I just continue doing what I was doing, maybe I would have a little chance to finish. But I decided, fucking, I got to break the same knee that... Uh, got me cut on my forehead and a UFC number of five. I was, you know, young and uh, like, you don't give uh, enough extra pain to person, especially, you know, you, you gotta make money for your family. It's, it's your business. You, you don't hurt people. You don't do unnecessary, unnecessary pain. So it was a good right. lesson to me. It was like a universal lesson, you know, you just, you know, you should just tap person out, uh, say thank you so much get checks and go but you know for me it was very important i gotta break the same knee not another one but in the same one <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a youth was telling me all the stupidity so there was a that too much pride i guess well dan dan was a smart enough to to know what pain was, you know, I and mean, he would just keep going. Well, I, well, I did tap up different matches. I mean, when I was caught because I did not want to, uh, I, maybe it's because I was a little bit older at the time. Yeah. Going yeah, through competition. Smart, strategically, you're, you knew like you shouldn't do too much, you know, just enough. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's a business. So you got to make money. And so. Right. If I was older, older, I probably would do the same. But uh, I was 27, I think, at that time, or 28, 28. So I just want to get maximum. I gotta, I gotta get the whole world, you know, not just, uh, not just win the fight. So that was a great lesson. And after UFC. I kept fighting for maybe two years. Once in a while, just get extra money. But it was it was a shitty game. I gotta tell you. Uh, one time we were fighting uh, like Russians against Brazilians. They built up a teams, and uh, they hired a manager for some fighter who was not a fighter actually. He was a soldier who served in Afghanistan. Like he got a the concussions. He wasn't in, in a prison and jail like he basically put himself in pieces like a few years ago and uh, he was joining our team so i had some very strange manager from miami i remember and uh, like he was very friendly over uh, overly friendly like hey guys let's have a russian tradition and he was jewish let's have a russian tradition drink tea before the fight so the whole team was drinking tea like a couple hours and then everybody came to me, oh, look, I'm, 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 I feel like I want to sleep. I feel like I'm just, just crashed here on, on the mat. And I said, guys, don't worry about it. It's, it's always like this because I was basically the, the only one experienced guy in the team. They all come into me and like, you know, everything is okay. And I see, I feel, I feel the same at the time. Like, oh, shit, what's wrong with me? Like, 
you dizzy. So they put a sleeping um, pills or something in this tea, poisoned the whole fucking team. And um, and all those guys were some of them, they were taxi drivers, some of them masseuse, some of them, they were lawyers. So none of them ever competed. They were, they, they did some in the past, maybe for one day, but most of those guys were not really fighters. Only me, actually. So that's, that's what kind of game I, I had to experience. Or in Japan, for example. So I'm having a dinner with Antonio Inoki and a pa pa Pancration found about that I had a dinner. So they thought Antonio Inoki already bought, bought me out. I, would, uh, I said, and that was not true. I didn't, uh, I didn't tell him yes. The next thing you get in for ankle lock, they just, uh, you know, referee stopped the fight uh, like five minutes earlier, not letting you finish the guy. I'm like, shit, what the fuck is it? You know what? I don't want to be there. I don't want to participate in this in this business, dirty business. At least you see, it was pretty honest. It was, it was. Yeah, Bob Meyerowitz, Bob Meyerowitz, or Davies, you know, they were honest. They, they took, they took good care I, of me. When Coleman I beat still, the shit on me, you know, he took they took care of my big medical bills yeah, and all that. I still talk to them, you know. It's not Bob Morris. I mean, he really loves to sometimes to get the, you know, email, text, whatever. You know, he likes to help. In fact, if like if I wanna, if I ask him to talk to some Russian media, say, because you know we got some new guy here in Russia on the Caucasian mountains, they were saying like, hey, Oleg is not the first champion, like. <laughs> from Russia, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Just all crazy stuff, you know. And uh, they call Bob Myers to clarify this. I say, well, I was out of your mind, you know. You can, you know, this gentleman is is good. He's a champ, but you know, when you're trying to uh, award him, don't put Oleg down. He was 23 years prior. This guy if it was not for Oleg. Maybe this guy would never. Never, right? Or never left him, right? Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't know so anything about it. Yeah. The shit, the yeah. shit we went through, you know, was unbelievable. I mean, nobody would do it today. You know, nobody. Right now, no. No. It's it's unhuman. They say it's it's unhuman. Fight well, no okay. gloves. What, what so would you? What would finally. you give? What what kind of advice would you give to, like, say, a young athlete? If they if they came to you now, Oleg, and they said, you know, I'd like to get into uh, mixed martial arts, what kind of advice would you give to uh, a young athlete like now? I mean, uh, don't get married. <laughs> don't get married. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that nonsense that everybody about any, any occupation, yeah, and, and, and make sure you get a prenup well, on top of that. Think about if if guys like twenty or six or thirty. And he never competed. And like, I want to get in this game. I said, no, you don't need to. You, I, I wouldn't say you're too old for it. You know, you have to, it's, it's a man, man mentally, mentally have to be ready for it. I mean, you got to yeah. be created by universe for the fighting. It's a whole different story. You got you to gotta have a previous life 
you know, young age, first of all, I mean, right now you gotta be, you gotta start uh, doing MMA at the age, I would say 13, 14 already. You gotta well, start no, I, doing I, I, wrestling. I agree. Or wrestling is a fundamental one. Wrestling or judo is a basis. Yeah, judo, you know, sambo, jujitsu, yeah, all, all those, all those, all those type of things earlier in life, because yeah. I think- Although they, I still, I still think that uh, we are, were much better in the, in the what uh, in the what um, field, like you knew wrestling better than any wrestlers right now. Right. I, right. in my case, of course, uh, the only struggle I had is uh, I couldn't. It was no gi. I couldn't grab the naked person. I was not. I didn't learn anything. I had to learn it uh, in, only when I came to the United States, with, like uh, training with Ken Shamrock. That's only like three months of preparation with no gi fighting. But I, I knew all the submissions, you know, I knew all the other technique and uh, I, I, I knew it very well. You know, if a uh, guy, some guy did striking, he, he really has a knockout power and a you know, if you let him know how to defend himself on the ground from uh, grappling, from takedowns, maybe, you know. But I still think that, think about like you, then, uh, Randy Couture, the, the great wrestlers, and uh, there will be no stoppage, for example, again. But you got to go for 30 minutes. I don't think you guys would lose anybody, you know. I mean, if you, of course, bring you back. Uh, the, the prime to, 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 to this day. Right. I don't think so. And I don't think those guys could fight for 30 minutes nonstop either. Right. They, it's they, like, they, they, it's they like pride. pride. They had the, you know, 10, 5, 5. You know, that, that first round was 10 minutes. That was a barn burner, you know? And I mean, they, they, now they go five 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 or five 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 five, you know. But that you know that that five minute would save them, give them an, a minute break. But in that ten minute barn, that was a barn burner. And then back when we were fighting, there was no uh, limit; it would just go. You know, there, there was no rounds. You know, and, and yeah, you, you gotta go do strategy. You, you gotta not to waste your energy at the beginning. You gotta pace yourself. Plus, when you, right. when you know you have to have three fights, yeah, you don't give all yourself in the first two fights. Yeah, so it's also another strategy. But you still have to win, not to waste yourself, but win. You know, it's it's a it's a diff, difficult game. I don't think uh, many uh, modern fighters can participate in this game because no. they trained for, for one fight. They knew five minutes. That's what, that's, that's all they have to go. I mean, then break another five minutes and then see a third round. They already passed out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Only a few, few fights. Yeah. yeah. Most of them are, aren't even, some of these guys, they can't get out of the first fucking round, you know, for a championship fight, they're worn out in the first five minutes. It's like, what the fuck is the deal with you guys? You know, you know, you're right. supposed to go 25 minutes and you can't get out of the first round. You know, what are you thinking? But just like what Oleg is saying there also that when you know that a match is unlimited and if someone got a dominant position on you, knowing that there is no standing up. 
you have to work out from underneath that bottom position right. and because Big John or whoever the referee is not going to stop this match because back back then you had to work for everything. It was simply unlimited. During that NHB, the no holds barred era, it was unlimited time. The average match during that NHB period of time was two minutes and 22 seconds, a very, a very bloody and violent two minutes and 22 se seconds. So, you know, to see matches go beyond a five-minute mark were almost like unheard of yeah. at that point. And then, uh, you know, they had, but, but the UFC had to eventually put time constraints because it's still a television product. It's a pay-per-view product. And if it goes off the air, you know, the corporation is going to lose money on that. So that's where timetables had to be put in. More rules had to come in again to pacify various state athletic commissioners and that. But uh, no, it, I, yeah. I, I agree with both of what both what you both of you are saying there tonight. That if you look at modern day MMA and you look at the predecessor that that no holds barred era. More people would rather watch the, the No Holds Barred era because it just showed gritty individuals versus I can play the time because, you know, Ole could have a position on me and my corner could yell out, hang in there, Dan, there's 30 more seconds. And somehow I'll try to hang on and then till the, till the clock runs out. But now I get, now, you know, Ole goes back to his corner. I go back to my corner. I get one minute to get all freshened up, stuff like that. But where does the match start again? It starts on your feet to where, you know, once once you have a, a position advantage, you, you just impose your will upon another person. Eventually, you're going to break their will. Uh, or, or <laughs> it, right. it, it, it sucks. It, it sucks to be the hammer and and the and the anvil. Everyone, I'd rather be the hammer any day and not the anvil. So yes, oh, like the I the late that, Paul uh, Varnon. The late Paul Varnon said, you know, he he was really happy because um, when he fought Marco Huas, uh, you know, they, they he he kept it until they nobody could see the end of the fight. They went past the time constraints on the pay per view, and he said that that was the happiest thing I did. I cost them money, you know. Yeah, and uh, uh, right now, you you see the guys and they all like a twin brothers. You know, they all in the same speedo, same shorts, right, right, same technique. I mean, they're all okay. Like maybe they get a great beat for for a striking, for a ground, for a wrestling. But you don't. You're very rare to see A. Like you guys have been A in the wrestling, maybe B in the boxing, and maybe some B minus in the, in the, in the submissions. submissions. Right. But if you are A in something, and I was maybe A in the submissions. And maybe you know, seeing a striking, but you know, at least uh, you had a, somebody with the unique skills, uh, the top skills, you know. Right. Right now, they're all okay in everything, you know, okay in everything, but not great in anything. You know? No, they're all C saying, so. yeah, they're C level, no, B level, you know, and but the uh, the champions A level. No, some exceptions here. There are yeah. some exceptions here, but uh, right. But only the top guys. 
but my, norm, normally it's, it's all exactly what you said the c c c c c uh, and condition wise it's even even worse <laughs> yeah yeah i you can't believe the condition in these guys it's like what the fuck are you thinking you know you know you have to fight for 20 you know for 15 25 minutes and you can't even get out of the first round you know what, what the hell are you thinking i would fire I would fire the whole the whole club, you know, the trainer and, and the conditioner and the nutrition guy, and give me new sparring partners, and then they should beat you on the way you're out the door, you know. Don, you I, had a nutritionist. No, I didn't have a nutritionist. Yeah, it was called it was called Coors Coors uh, Banquet. <laughs> And, and, and a big steak. <laughs> I was um, uh, at the UFC show in June. Just uh, you know, I was uh, I was in the corner of a couple of guys, uh, Alex Volkov and uh, the new guy, Arina Fakhridinov. And uh, I, they, they asked me, uh, "What you think about UFC? The changes?" I said, "You know, it's like a fucking space." space shuttle so you get the uh, once you you finish you got to wait uh within and uh, you get special drinks to recover from uh if you have to you know lose some weight you have special food you have special this you have special that like everybody's watching uh, for you like three doctors you know it's, it's amazing you know it's the training facility that everything is just in uh, so comfortable you know yeah i don't see how they make any money because i know when i was fighting i didn't make any damn money and and i didn't have you know the, the nutritionist the massage guy you know woman or and you know this this thing and this thing and this thing i had my sparring partners and my trainer you know and I, once i paid them you know there wasn't much to live off of Well, the purses were also a lot smaller at that point in time as well. I mean, you got to look at, at the time, you made the most money at the time, but then things kept escalating uh, as time progressed on. And it and just like you said to Don, I mean, if you're only going to do one big, one big match once every three, four months, uh, a big event, I mean, you know, I always tell people, I was a thousandaire. I wasn't no millionaire. I was a thousandaire. I made thousand dollars, but uh, whoop to do that. Yeah, but you were you were lucky. You hung on to your money. You were smart. <laughs> hey, fanny pack will travel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he probably kept the same wife. Yeah, he helped him <laughs> to save the money. <laughs> when you do it by yourself, it's usually just blows away yeah or, or the wife puts it in her pocket yeah, yeah <laughs> you broke most likely yeah yeah like oh like other than doing movies here right now i mean do you do do you do still do uh any kind of like training uh regiments with with folks do you do speaking engagements i mean if if someone watches this uh podcast and they're interested in getting in touch with you. Do you have like a, a website or an agent or something that uh, uh, 
Um, they can go through to get in contact with you for uh, who knows a movie, a speaking engagement, a seminar. Instagram page. I mean, you get easy to find me. You know, you put Oleg and uh, you get uh, Oleg Taktarov official right away. So, yeah. I, I um, every time I, I do film, if I make some money, I I, I do seminar, <clears throat> and I always. Uh, like if the host can pay a certain amount, I, I still do it. Just uh, it's like a giving back to the community, I call it. Just you made the money of, uh, of the film business, you gotta give something back, yeah, which you know, which you which you knowledgeable, which your knowledge is. Yeah. Really. Because yeah, uh, till this day, I haven't met a person who knew 20% what I know right. when, when it comes to uh, ground game, especially, especially leg locks. It's most of the shit is incorrectly. And, uh, you know, they, they like to do some kill hooks, but it's uh, too violent. It's, uh, it doesn't consist uh, uh, many knowledges. It's just a, just a hold it hold there and the pull there. That's it, you know. But I I I I'm not violent person. I like to, you know, take care of my uh, my fellow fighters. They still need to feed families. You still can tap 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 them out, uh, but in much nicer way without you know damaging the knees or uh, something. Yeah, you, food you or tap or tap them out with tap them out with pain instead of injury. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, so a sort of injury. Yeah. So in a, as, by the way, when I train, <clears throat> yeah, sometimes I do ground fighting and uh, just wrestling and uh, even boxing. By the way, I started doing boxing after UFC. I uh, joined uh, Freddie Road gym and I did the boxing for almost three years after UFC. <laughs> by the way, and, uh, kind of late on that, wasn't it? <laughs> It was it was fun, you know. It was fun. It was it was a good. Uh, it was good for movies, you know. Your your body, you get smaller waist, just mm -hmm. uh, you know. You, you get skinnier. It's a new activity. You lose weight. <clears throat> so boxing was a good good thing for me actually. But ground, I, I still haven't lost to anyone. Not a Brazilians, not a new Russians. Uh, they, they, they're big, strong, they can dominate, but I, I, I still didn't lose to anyone. When I come to train, one day I'm, I'm okay, second day I tap everybody out, if it's just a normal uh, facility, just uh, with no, no champions. Yeah. So it's very, 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 very interesting. So I, I got to share those knowledges, and I, it's a good thing. It's a universal thing. If you know something, you have to share. So I always do it, and uh, usually uh, I ask uh, if you can pay three grand, pay three grand. If you can pay more, pay more. But if you can pay, you know, you know, collect, you know, whatever you can, you know, even five hundred, I'll still do it. You know, because you know, maybe maybe you have uh, you know some poor kids, maybe wearing a places where nobody really your parents don't make any money but the kids really want to do mma and i say why not you know right for me it's give, give back give back give back to what you want forgiven yeah 
Yeah, I trained for free when I was young in Soviet Union. The, the, everything was for free. I think in the United States it was something back then. At least uh, college wrestling. I don't think you guys paid the to your coaches. Oh, we paid, we <laughs> paid yeah. physically, boy. We paid physically. We're still paying. Yeah, we're still paying to this day. You know, there's no, there's no free fucking breakfast, man. And uh, in Russia, I've been doing film festival for four years. Uh, and now I'm probably going to do another one, but it's a different format. But, you know, even have my federation, MMA federation here, but it's, it's kind of bullshit here. You, you have to always be in fighting with the other federations. So I don't like that. I like to be, uh, work together. Like we got the Fedor Emelianenko, he has his own federation. I got my own federation and, uh, and media tried to make us uh, look like we are fighting against each other. My past four years, media did some crazy shit I mean, for me. I, I, I never been insulted in my life until like three, three or four years ago when uh, we got the Caucasian guys from Caucasian mountains uh, coming to this game. Fuck. I never had any problems, any disagreement of those guys. And we never, some guys we never even met. But media does some crazy stuff. Like I had, I was on the cover of some uh, beer company on the cover of the bottle, like uh, some beer with my face on it. Was I making good money? So what, you know? But one of the kind of fighter, he just lost, by the way, on my birthday, he got knocked out. In fact, he uh, saved, uh, filming a video uh, that he's, uh, he put in leg on my face and on, on, on this bottle, actually it was on a can smashing it with a with leg. So, wow, what a great, great story. I'm fucking over 50 and I have to I have to watch all this. Yeah, or somebody called insult your mother, your father who passed away and I'm like, oh shit. And uh, you guys, can you come to my face and say, say this, but on the internet? Oh, everybody's brave. To. Yeah, everybody's brave on the internet. You know, they're all ten foot tall and blue. I used to take it very close to, to, but now I don't give a fuck. I'm like, I'm just blocking. I don't, I don't watch it. But used to, I'm like, guys, if you have any problem with me, just come to like this city, and I give you an opportunity to fight with me in a in a in a room in a dark room. Right. But only one person can leave this room. If you sign this agreement, so you have no problem with the leaving, like the, the winner can leave the room and another person might gonna ever just stay, stay there. Nobody wants to fuck around this way. Right. But on the internet, no problem. Uh, our time, I don't remember any trash talking, any insulting, 
I don't remember that. There was some, some, something that just to bring the expectations to raise this, like that TDRT can Shamrock, I remember, I think they were the, the, the first one in MMA who were like acting like they hate each other. And uh, they were pretty uh, personal in this uh, emotion. The, the T Ortiz and Ken Shamrock, I think they were the, they were first who were kind of well, started Tank Abbott used to mouth off a lot, you know, even after he got his ass kicked because he got his ass kicked, you know, 50% of the time and he'd still mouth off. Tank was a nice fitted teddy bear. I love Tank. Too bad his, uh, he got his uh, physical problems right now. So you don't, he's completely different guy. I remember after I, 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 I beat him, um, I'm in the hotel working past, uh, I guess it was Tank's room and there was maybe 20 bikers, his friends standing there, like all big fat guys. Yeah. And nobody say anything, you know. They just say, "Hey, Oleg, how are you?" <laughs> they were very nice to me. It was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I put Tank in uh, uh, two of my shows, by the way. I, you know, help him a little bit to make some money. So we did some show in Russia. And, and I, uh, what? What? I is there a certain type of character you like playing there, Oleg? I mean, if, if you get if you get like different type of uh, active roles, are there roles that you really like to play? Like, and like for example, professional wrestling, there's the baby face, the good guy, or there's the heel, the bad guy. Uh, and, and movies, well, uh, do you play any roles? I played any roles except homosexuals. Right. <laughs> That's it. Right. A homo, a pedophile, or somebody, a traitor. I'm not a traitor either. Well, I won't betray anybody. You know, or a coward. Yeah. yeah I won't do that bullshit. Hey. You, got, you got that crazy eye there, Don. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you... Nobody yeah. ever gonna ask you to play a coward, you know what? Yeah, have restrictions. You gotta have limits and restrictions, you know. It's nobody gonna buy this. No, don't <laughs> <cowards>. bad acting. <laughs> yeah, I'm not not that good of an actor. <laughs> Can't pull it off. But uh yeah, you see suddenly be nice to me. Like I say, you know, I was in the corner, corner man for a couple of guys and uh, they did documentary. I even got paid for this documentary, but they were, they were shooting for two days. Uh, well, How much did they pay some you? World War How much did they? Not much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I showed my, my broken finger. <laughs> Not yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. But still paying me a little bit, yeah. So it's nice. And, uh, the documentary gonna came out, so uh, I'd like to help, uh, yeah, my uh, Russian fighters not to make mistakes. Like for example, my uh, favorite fighter Peter Yanki. If I was in his corner, he would never lose. Alex Volkov, 
if I was in his corner when he would lose, when he lost all the, uh, some of his fights, he would never lose because I would not make him, I would not let him do mistakes he he, he did. And, right. uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, one of those things. So, because uh, I somehow I just know, like you are, yeah, I, I just know, I just know with the, the, the mental, you look at the guys, uh, you already know what's going to happen in the fight, you know. And I haven't made a single mistake in uh, in uh, this vision. In this, okay, people say just guessing. I don't guess. I just know. It's been twenty years, uh, maybe maybe more. I look at the guys and I say this guy's going to win, and that's and uh, that's how he's going to win. And what uh, this guy need to do to get stronger, like his. Uh, you got mental problems. If you work on those mental problems, this guy gonna win anybody. Yeah. And this guy should change it, uh, the coach. This guy should change a fucking manager because he's not doing the right stuff, our own matchmaking and stuff like that. You, know? oh, yeah. you got, you got uh, agents, managers, trainers who can take you to a certain level. And then you've got, you know, for your own benefit and for your own uh, career, you've got to change them at this and, and go with somebody else because they, they won't advance you any farther, you know? Exactly, yeah. Exactly. And um, I don't know, it's just been in the game for so long, you know, since uh, I started competing since age 10 or 11 probably like Dan and like everybody else uh, so you just knew it if you say too much you know you you got more chances to lose the fight right <laughs> if you brag too much if you know if you fight let's say you, you travel to Japan and you fight on a, a third or fourth day after you arrive uh, you know, you might gonna lose also because you just uh, jet lag. You know, yeah. Jet lag, uh, maybe in the sixth day, and a lot of people don't know this. You know, sex. You know, you should keep stay away from from women at least for one month mm -hmm. if you really want to win. I don't believe that. <laughs> I, I, do believe I, I was I was uh, raped uh, numerous uh, like by numerous of uh, Brazilian women in brazil and every time i would like to the two fights i lost it was right after brazil so i would uh, fly to another continent and fight in a week <clears throat> and i lose because you know you have eight girls with you for two weeks in your room i mean of course you're gonna lose yeah <laughs> yeah well you know that's, that's a, it's a story i can share next time yeah. <laughs> when I be in the United States, maybe I will go to Arizona so we can sit and uh, there will be more. Uh, yeah, more in depth. Yeah. I will, maybe I will tell all the Brazilian stories, and I, you know, it's, it's, yeah, good, for, it's good to know for that for the younger okay. guys. Okay. What well, question though? Out of uh, out of your three sons, are, are any of them do any of your sons do they have a Brazilian mother? No, none of them. Oh, no, for I can sure. always ask that. Always I ask that because you said you had. Or, or maybe uh, I don't know. Oh. 
Okay. Because it sounds like you, you're getting in a lot of guard work right there with these females right there. So I don't know. It's uh... Brazilian women are so tough. The competition among them is on a, such a high level. You know, Brazilian men are pussies compared to Brazilian women. That's what I learned. So uh, if you want to that by the champions and they have running around now. <laughs> <laughs> very well played there mr fry well played <laughs> brazilian woman is, a, is a, if you married brazilian woman you, you, it's like welcome to hell you just don't know about it, but just wait uh, well i think uh on that note let's bring it we'll bring a close to this uh oleg You've been a real delight there to speak to here this evening. Mr. Fry and myself have enjoyed it very much. We'd like to probably have you on here somewhere again down the road, and we'll uh, keep uh, the stories going. So this concludes another episode of Toxic Masculinity. Hopefully we did not offend too many people here because we're just no. just three three old white guys here just talking about things, even though we're from, we're from different countries. But uh, we're, we're talking about masculine type things. We're talking about fighting here tonight. We're talking about acting careers. We've talked about, uh, we've, we've talked a great deal to Oleg Tiktarov uh, from his early childhood, being in the military. And the Caucasian his, uh, mountains. Background. <laughs> yeah. And so let's, uh, uh, once again, Oleg, we appreciate having you on tonight with toxic masculinity thank you thank you thank you sir Dan, thanks Dan. and uh, so next time like i said it's going to be in arizona and we're going to concentrate on uh, women uh, from around the world which oh. one helps you for your fighting game which one don't <laughs> that, that would be a very toxic episode i do believe yes yeah. how good. many of them you can have and how many days before you fight so we should talk about it. fighters need to know about it very good oleg thank you once again you have a good 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 morning i am going to sleep now All good right. night yeah i'm gonna play Take soccer care. thank you I'm sir win yes. today. two hours for soccer cheers very good. Bye. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for watching another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. You better like, subscribe, and share, or I'm going to come to your house.